this week on Together for Salem. His commission is a call to an adventure, to joining a true revolution, a revolution where we all have a unique role to play. But we miss it because we become distracted by the comfort of familiarity and, and the comfort of preference. And so we as at Cross Creek have decided to rethink what we're doing as a local embodiment of Jesus's church. We've committed to, to refocus on our true mission, not just to train people to live in church culture. We wanna focus on our mission. We want to journey with others as we all discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Together for Salem. Monica, Aaron, our backyard. May. Oregon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was sweeping. <clears throat> well, I've she, she flies with her own wings. Did you know that's the Oregon State motto? It's true. Oh, I should have made that like a trivia. Yeah. Oh well. In retrospect. Hey, comment if you know the state bird. And you'll win a thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> what? Huge. Speaking of winning a thousand dollars, what's our new series about? Okay, that's a great segue. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Seamless. We are excited because this week we are starting a new series called What Lies Ahead. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know about if you know this, but it's been kind of a crazy 60 weeks. Has it been? <laughs> and we've been doing this church online, hybrid church, gathering in person in small groups, watching at home mm -hmm. thing, podcasting for those of you listening on the podcast, Sup, for 60 weeks, and it's been kind of a crazy time, right? Yeah, We've made a lot could, of discoveries. You could say that. Um, and I'm not talking about like scientific discoveries, I'm just talking about like personal discoveries yeah. about ourselves, um, the way we interact with other people, mm -hmm. or don't interact with other people, and um, what that means for us as Jesus followers. So this series is gonna be a good one. It's kind of a peek inside the inner workings of where church, our church has been going. Awesome. And where we're heading. Also awesome. Yes. Good. So if you're new here, welcome. We want to welcome you. You are welcome here. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of like a peek inside. And we want to know that you're watching. We want to say hello to you. This is an opportunity for you to say hello to us. Uh, we have gifts for you if you choose to uh, accept them, but you don't have to. But the welcome form is a great way just mm -hmm. to say hello and um, let us say hi to you back. And there's no strings attached. Uh, but it's on the website. The URL is on the screen and we would love to say hi and get to know you. We'll make it hard for you. Without everywhere. any, oh good. Yeah. <laughs> Without any further ado, we're gonna pass it over to our friend John. He's gonna do part one of the series, The Church's Problem. And we'll see you on the other side for a couple giveaways and announcements. That's right. See you soon. So this is gonna be a different type of series, this What Lies Ahead series. What we're gonna do is pull the curtain back on Cross Creek as a church. We're gonna take a look at what our leadership has been wrestling with for over a year. And if you're not a Jesus follower, you're like, hey, I wanna check out this church stuff. What you're gonna be seeing in probably the next four episodes is what a local church like us thinks through and how we, how we think through what we do and why we do it and that type of thing. And if you are a Jesus follower, 
I think this might be a pretty challenging series as we really look under the hood of why we are a church, why we are the church. And so just to kind of lay it out, this first episode that you're watching right now, we're going to look at the problem the church has right now. And then the next episode, we're going to look at how we got to this problem. In the third part, we'll talk about our new focus as Cross Creek and, and why we're going to do what we're going to do. And then in the final episode, we're going to talk about what we actually are going to do. And I just want to kind of lay that out there so you know why this is going to be a little bit different. But the reason we're doing this, the reason we're doing this whole series and why we've been just kind of talking a little bit differently lately is because when we had the great closing, you know, when everything shut down for COVID, that great closing really shined a spotlight on a huge problem. And it's a problem we, we should have seen a lot earlier. And it's this, our personal preferences have distracted us from our shared purpose. As a church, as the American church, our personal preferences have distracted us from our shared purpose. See, even though during the great closing, we had our, our teaching online, so we're still getting the same messages, and maybe even with a little bit more in-depth and, and, and side things and whatnot, our teaching was online. Our groups, our small groups, were still meeting, mostly virtually, but they were still meeting and connecting, and there's a lot of growth there. We still had people and this is throughout the country, not just our church. We still had people that said, I need a church service. Not just I want or I miss the church service, which we all do and did, but an actual crisis of faith. They felt far from God because they couldn't go to church on Sunday. Even though they had everything that would be at that church service, they still felt far from God because they didn't have that thing they were used to. Now, there's an interesting historical fact for you. The first church, the first Jesus followers in the first century, they actually got shut down too. Only this time it was by a public murder. <laughs> See, the, the first church, after Jesus died and rose again and appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses and then, and then ascended into heaven, they were growing. Like thousands of people were becoming Jesus followers. And they were meeting in homes, they were meeting at the temple. And there was a little bit of resistance from the religious leaders, but most of the people really liked these Jesus followers and what they were about. That's why they were getting this buzz in Jerusalem. And then a leader named Stephen ended up getting murdered in the streets for preaching about Jesus. And this is what happened. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. That's going to be the Apostle Paul later. Cool story. And after that, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered complained about it. They got angry with their leaders. They, they fought for their individual rights, and they chose to publicly defy the governing authorities, and they, they fought amongst themselves and different views about this persecution. They even belittled their leaders who made decisions they disagreed with. And they ended friendships and their church membership because they disagreed about certain things. It doesn't say that, does it? Here's what it actually says. But the believers who were scattered 
preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. See, when the first Jesus followers were actually persecuted and getting thrown into prison, pulled out of their houses and thrown into prison for following Jesus, when they were actually facing death for following Jesus, they scattered. And when they scattered, they didn't just hide in their holes. They actually started inviting, wherever they went, they would invite people to the kingdom of God, wherever they went. There was no like program, look, you go here, you go there, you go here. And when you go, say that, no, there was no organization to it. It was just like, they would go and they would meet people and talk about the Jesus that they had met, seen die, and then saw him after he rose again. It was like a natural thing for them to do. So what's the difference? Why in the face of actual public torture and execution did the first Jesus followers grow stronger? and multiply it, bring others along into the kingdom. While many of us in the U.S. basically fell apart because we couldn't meet in our preferred way. The difference is they were committed to a clear, common purpose. See, people who place a shared purpose above their personal preferences can change the world. See, these first Jesus followers were committed to the mission Jesus himself had given them. See, his very last words to them, his final instructions, his, here's what I want you to do now that I have risen from the dead and conquered death. His, his last instructions, his last words, what we call now the Great Commission, that is what they were committed to. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's look at that a little bit. I mean, these are Jesus' last words. Your last words are usually like the most important thing, right? You want to make sure. If you know you're leaving someone, pay attention to this. So what's he saying? He says, all authority has been given to him. All authority in heaven and on earth, in the entire universe, all authority is Jesus's. That's a lot of authority, right? Basically, Jesus is the king of the universe. And he is ready, telling his people, he is ready to build his kingdom because he is the king of the universe. He says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, saying, because my authority, because I have authority over everything, I have a purpose. I have a mission for you. I have a mission for everyone. See, because Jesus has authority over everything, he has a purpose for everyone. He says, look, I have all authority. Therefore, here's what I want you to do. Here's how you're going to build this kingdom on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Don't just keep this idea that I'm the king of the universe to yourselves, right? Don't just focus on building something for yourselves and, and being comfortable. Don't just sit around, you know, waiting for to go to heaven someday and keep yourself, you know, unstained from the world. He says, go, go into the world. Go now, bring heaven to earth now. And it's more than this go. It's more than just going to different parts of the world, which is definitely included in that for them and all of us. 
It's more than just going to different parts of the world. It's, it means actively going with purpose every day. It means going across the street and actually meeting your neighbors and building a relationship. It means purposely befriending people who are far, far from God. Purposely befriending people who are different than you, who vote differently than you, who live in a different place than you. It means going beyond our comfort for the eternal good of others. It means going against what we prefer and what we want for what others need. See, the command isn't go create a religion. Go create a Christian nation. Go make followers of the Ten Commandments. Or go make little holy communities safe from the world. Or it's not even go and make sure your kids know all the Bible stories. See, Jesus' disciples, in his last words, in his last command, in the Great Commission, are commanded to go and make disciples. See, the purpose of Jesus' followers is to reproduce followers of Jesus on purpose. I'll say it again. The purpose of Jesus' followers is to reproduce followers of Jesus on purpose. That's why the church exists. To join Jesus in producing in others what he's produced in us. True life. Real, trusting faith. Love. Joy. Growth. Compassion. And authority and power to join the mission also. He says, go and make these disciples. Go and, and make followers of me. How? Like how, how do we do that? Well, Jesus gives them two steps. The first one is baptize them. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Meaning, not just dunk them in water or splash them, but invite them to the revolution. See, baptism was like an initiation. It was, it was a symbol of new allegiance. So when he says go and baptize, he's saying purposely invite others to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers all of us. It's a, so the baptism is a, a symbol that you are changing from self-rule to choosing what you want to do with your whole life and living only for yourself to your allegiance to the kingdom of God, which we talked about in our last series. It is basically, the baptism is a commitment to join the revolution of God here on earth. And so how do we baptize? How do we get that going as Jesus followers? Doing exactly what the first church did when they scattered, by sharing the good news of the kingdom of God. That God is for you. That God loves you. That God is so for you that he died for you. And he rose again to give new life, to, to forgive the hurt that we have caused, to, to take away the, the penalty for the pain we've caused others, to restore a true relationship with God, with others, and even with ourselves. The good news is that we can be free from guilt and, and shame and fear and selfishness and the brokenness that those things bring to every life, that we can be free to be who we were always created to be, that we can experience true life. And so first step is tell people about the kingdom of God. And then his second method or step is to teach them to obey all that he commanded. See, and that sounds like, oh my gosh, so we got to follow Jesus's rules. Well, read back on what rules Jesus actually has, first of all love God and love others. But it's not just to teach people content. 
It's not just to have a Bible class or a Bible study. It's not just to teach people rules or even stories. It's to train people. To teach them to obey all my commands is to train people how to live the new life that he's offered. How to pass that on to others. How to make it our daily life. Not just listen to sermons, but to actively and purposely put faith into action. What it looks daily to exhibit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control in our daily life. So that's why the church, the group of Jesus followers that became known as the church, exists. To bring the kingdom of God to the rest of the world. To invite and train others to discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers everyone. Seems pretty big, right? And it's not easy. But it's also, here's the cool part. See, it's also not something we have to force. It's not something we have to feel guilty about because we're just not doing it good enough. It's not something we even have to stress about. It's actually something we can enjoy and simply live our lives doing by going because he says, I am with you always. See, it's not just because, you know, oh, we need Jesus with us to make us feel good. And when people are talking mean about us, he'll say, it's okay. No, see, this, it's not just for comfort that he's with us. It's to empower us. He, he says he is with us in our going, in our baptizing, and in our teaching, in our training. He is with us always so that we can accomplish this mission that he just gave. See, the hard work is on him. And we simply just get to choose to be actively looking for the ways he wants us to go. But the problem is, for many of us, for many churches, for the American church, we've replaced the Great Commission with what Will Mancini and Corey Hartman in the book Future Church call the functional Great Commission, which is this. Go into all the world and make more worship attenders baptizing them in the name of small groups and teaching them to volunteer a few hours a month. See, we've made following Jesus about a preferred weekly event, not a life of shared purpose. So it's no wonder that people struggle when that event is taken away. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with a weekly church service. There's not. There's not. It's nothing wrong with that. But if we aren't careful, if we aren't purposeful, we can easily make that, the weekly event, the focus and the purpose of what we call Christianity. And instead of, res instead of developing resilient, reproducing disciples, we've created people who know a few religious tricks, people who know how to sing the right songs, people who know how to join a small group, and the people who know how to listen quietly to a sermon and, and how to volunteer at a weekly event. But if that's all we make it, if that's what we focus all of our time and energy on, if we make that our idea of what it means to follow Jesus, then we're missing out on our true mission. We're missing out on fulfilling our true purpose of experiencing the, the, of tr the experience of truly needing Jesus to be with you always because you are going and stepping out and don't, you don't know what the future holds. And so you have to rely on him. We're missing out on the adventure that Jesus has called us to. His commission is a call 
to an adventure, to joining a true revolution, a revolution where we all have a unique role to play. But we miss it because we become distracted by the comfort of familiarity and, and the comfort of preference. And so we as at Cross Creek have decided to rethink what we're doing as a local embodiment of Jesus's church. We've committed to, to refocus on our true mission, not just to train people to live in church culture. We want to focus on our mission. We want to journey with others as we all discover, enjoy, and share the life Jesus offers together. And so I have an assignment for you. If this is you, if this, this idea piqued your interest, or if it bothered you, or especially if it angered you or, or made you uncomfortable, or if it kind of excited you, like, oh, wait, that, ah, yeah. <laughs> see, I want you to discover, if you're a Jesus follower, and even if you're not, see what this is all about. I want you to discover what you, yes, you personally, are invited to. And so this might seem like a lot, but I think you can handle it. I'm inviting you to read Acts, the, the book we call the book of Acts. It's a historical account of the first church after Jesus left. Read the book of Acts, just chapters 1 through 12 this week. See what it was actually like to follow Jesus. See what the, what the first Jesus followers actually did to obey the Great Commission. Read Acts 1 through 12 this week. And then as you're reading, just ask this question. You don't have to tell anybody your answer. Have I been committed to the mission or to preferences? Did I join the church because of preferences or because I want to be part of this mission? See, there's nothing wrong with having preferences. We all prefer certain things. But we were created to exist for more. So next week, we're going to talk about how we got here, how we got to this place as the American church, why this way of church is so ingrained in us that what I'm saying might feel wrong. It might feel uncomfortable. But here's the thing. You are invited to continue the story that was started 2,000 years ago in the ancient Middle East. See, though our methods as Jesus followers change over time and, and how culture receives information and, and truth, our mission has never changed. We are on a journey that these same Jesus follower, followers walked. We are direct descendants of the first Jesus followers. See, the new future desperately needs Jesus followers who choose to make their life about God's revolution. The world needs you. So come with us. It won't be easy, but I can promise you it will be worth it. My knees just made some noises. <laughs> Welcome back. That is, in all seriousness, that's a, that is a great challenge. It's always a challenge for me. I prefer certain things certain ways, but to look beyond that, to look beyond my own preferences. So yeah. thank you for that, John. I'll be working on that all week. Are you going to read Acts? Yeah. Yeah. If it's, it's awesome. 1 through 12 and you've got a week to kind of go through it, that's a couple chapters a week. Totally doable. A couple chapters a day. That's what I meant. Yeah. Math. Math works out. Thanks. Or you can listen to it. It's like 1.7. Anyway, you, yeah. you could 
listen to it. You can it's a worthwhile it. challenge. You can pick and a buddy. Worthwhile question to Do ask. you want to read with me? Yeah, let's read together. We'll read one and two tomorrow, and we'll get a head start. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yep. Pinky I don't know swear? why we're pinky okay. swearing. All right. Uh, so thank you for <laughs> sticking with us. Uh, and we just have a couple of things to tell you about. Don't turn it off yet because this is really exciting. We're giving away $25 to Ankeny Vineyards. Mm -hmm. And the winner is, uh, this winner entered on uh, Facebook, I believe. I can't remember Excellent. which one. But the winner is, random winner, Julio. Congratulations, Julie. Oh, wow. You can take a friend or your partner mm -hmm. to Ankeny Vineyards and have a delightful glass of Pinot Noir. That sounds great. Or you can whatever. taste La Terroir or you can and just La Pinot. Wait, I don't boop, actually boop. know French. Or you could just have pizza. You could. So check out Ankeny. That's our giveaway from last week. And this week's giveaway is a little bit different. It's Shaka Bra. Shaka Bra. It's a, it's a food uh, truck. Yep. Uh, but it's so much more. It's really good. And it's they're parked over by Divine Distillers. They have a partnership there mm. um, in that parking lot area. It's kind of becoming a really cool scene. Yeah. Well, I know their mac and cheese is bomb. Right. Um, you can teriyaki also teriyaki chicken. Right. Sorry. You can check out uh, that place. They have shave ice, like real shave ice. That's not what I've had there. Okay. Yet. Well, I guess I should go there for that too. There are a lot of options. You can enter to win. We better wrap this up. This so giveaway to <laughs> Shaka Bra. It's going to be on social media this week on Cross Creek's social needs. We give away these uh, gift cards every week. Um, sometimes to a restaurant, sometimes not. Uh, but we do this to support local businesses. Mm -hmm tell you about them because there's real people working behind these trucks and vineyards and um, places like that and we want to support them and it's also really fun. Uh, two more things, it's May, uh, May, our May opportunity for For Salem is buy a teacher a meal basically. So you could get them a gift card to any of the places that we've told you about in the last 60 weeks or you can find your own. But we're encouraging you to thank a teacher in your life. Um, maybe your kids are in school or your grandkids or your nieces and nephews or maybe you just uh, know a teacher on your block or you're going to Google it. Mm -hmm. But give them a gift card, say thanks to them, um, and also you're supporting a local business at the same time. So That's right. pretty cool. Because if you homeschool, then it would be your partner that would be needing the gift certificate. Keep it in the family. So think about that, guys. That's yeah. great. We have another in-person, on-site opportunity for yep. you, a party, if you will. Uh, that's going to be on May 23rd, and there's details on the website. I'm shaking it. Check you can't it really out. See it. I'm You're still it. dancing at your party. Have a good week. Yeah. Thank you for watching Together for Salem. We appreciate it. Thank we you. We appreciate it. Goodbye. Oh, questions. Hello, I'm Kit. Kit. Meet me behind the parking lot. Did you know when I was like in first grade, I had a Casio watch and I'd go to the bathroom in first grade and I would talk to Kit on my watch. Yeah, I was like, what, 1986?